Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Let's go! Another edition of the Let's Go Ricky Roll podcast on location. We left Ricky's estate in the Hamptons. Uh, it's still too cold on the East Coast, so we decided to come back to LA. Uh, we actually roaming around, and we just ran into an old friend of yours. Yeah. PJ Pelletieri. Yeah. Who is he? Where do you know him from, and how did you meet him? PJ is a good friend, uh, or an old teammate uh, at Cal State Fullerton, and we go way back to 2002 when I enter school he was uh he was a senior that year i was a young pup and he kind of was one of the guys that saw my growth honestly and he was my catcher in 2004 he was a catalyst to that 2004 national championship team he was probably one of the main reasons why we got to that level and we were able to overcome so much because he was just he was the veteran he was the captain everything kind of went by him and i learned a lot he was my catcher every saturday it was Kurt Suzuki would catch Mondays and Sundays, and to give Kurt a day off, he would catch me Saturdays. And we developed a great bond where the coaches never wanted to break that up. And he honestly, like, I think he saw the the growth. He saw literally, I mean, I came in, I didn't really trust myself yet. You didn't and, know what you were doing. No, not yet. And then, I mean, he'll tell you, and then in 04, it's like I hit my stride and I started believing in myself and I mean having him back there was just it was a damn wall is that right? the year you guys won the World Series yes alright so you go to the White House did you take PJ with you <laughs> <laughs> or did PJ take you he took me man right, come on <laughs> now our guest today uh, PJ Pelateria I'm gonna try to say your name hey. a bunch of times but most importantly though you saw a young skinny Ricky Romero yes with young, a bad mustache a young skinny <laughs> Skinny bald. He had a little bit more hair at the time. Mustache from East Los. Uh, no, it was great playing with Rick for two years. Uh, seeing his growth, um, he was so huge for those teams and us making those deep runs. Uh, he was big. Uh, we started out that 04 season so uh, so rough. I mean, we were 15 and 16, and everybody's kicking dirt on us. Like, you know, you guys are an embarrassment at Cal State Fullerton. Like, are you going to be the first team in 25 years that doesn't make a regional? And it was yeah. bad, man. We were getting relying on this guy. 
And I'm well, a fifth year senior. He's a sophomore, and I'm going, man. There's no way. Like I'm the captain of this club, and I'm going to go out on like one of the worst teams ever. Oh, you like, can put that on your tombstone right there, captain of the worst team ever. <laughs> I, know, right? I know that's that's fun. pretty much what they were what labeling us at. Honestly, we were we were getting like every practice was just a session where it was like we were reminded of that, and we would sit there and we're just like look at each other like shit. Yeah. Oh man, like when are we going to pick this up? Because we knew we had a great team. But we just couldn't hit that that stride that we were looking for. Our O three team, we were loaded, man. And I I still think I, don't, I think PJ would agree that we should have won the national championship that year. And I mean, if you look at it on paper, we had Chad Cordero as a closer, Wes Littleton, Shane Costa, you know, just big name guys, all Americans, uh, Kurt Suzuki, and then obviously PJ as a senior. We had Turner as a young freshman, Danny Dorn as a young freshman. And I really didn't even pitch that much, but we had a lot of big name guys, and we we stunk it up in the in the World Series. You know, uh, normally we do this at the end of the show, but we're gonna do it right now. Let's go down memory lane with PJ Pelletier. All right. right now, you're the Yankees hitting coach. I'm the Yankees, New York Yankees assistant hitting coach. Okay, that, yeah, forget all that. that. That's cool and all, but don't ask him <laughs> for tickets. PJ ain't gonna respond to you uh, <laughs> because the Yankees. Well, anyways, the, uh, but let's go down memory lane right now. Ready all right, for this let's, do it. let's just start this show off right here. Ready? Let's go. Down memory lane with PJ. You're going to see this picture. I'm going to show it to you and your immediate reaction. Ah, oh, that's White House 2005. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, you know, I had actually already signed with the Yankees to play. And uh, I was in extended spring training, not my finest moments as a player, uh, in Tampa. And the team, uh, Coach Horton said, hey, we're about to go to D.C. in May. So I had to request two days off from the Yankees to fly from Tampa to D.C. And... Uh, I get there and Coach Horton's got me all nervous. Like, hey, you're the captain. You're going to present President Bush with a jersey. <laughs> yeah. So Coach Horton is like a super, he's awesome, super detailed guy, yeah. right? Like he's prepared to give a 20-minute speech at any moment if you told him to. So he's got me all shook. Like he's he's telling me, hey, you got to have something prepared. Like, I don't, you know, you're probably going to have to say something when you're up there. So I'm sweating my fucking ass off, like on the bus. <laughs> like I just flew in from Tampa. I'm like... There's no way I'm going to stand up in the White House and like say something to George Bush, you know. What I mean? <laughs> and, uh, so I get up there finally. I mean, I think we were getting honored with like uh, Stanford volley- women's volleyball and, and like, Notre, Notre Dame, Dame soccer, soccer team or something yeah. like that. Oh, that's where they brought all the colleges together. Okay. Yeah. Few, uh, the fall or whatever. Yeah, the fall championships or yeah. something like that. And so I'm standing up there with the jersey and I'm sweating rockets. Yeah. Like, in a I suit. remember that. And I'm just like, oh my god. And I got like these little notes in my in my jacket pocket i'm just like i gotta say something up here <laughs> and no all it is is i hold the jersey i shake his hand he says congratulations and we get off the <laughs> i mean yeah, we just but, got you but that was coach Horton, man like he was like he was not gonna let me not be prepared just in case there was something and that that to me was kind of uh kind of a microcosm of, of how things were at cal state fullerton under coach horton it was I mean, there was no stones left unturned like we learned how to pay attention to detail yeah we really what did, did you tell the president uh, I just said thank you. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I mean, uh, it was pretty cool though meeting him because he, you know, he used to be an owner of a major league team, yeah. the, the Rangers, and he's yeah. such a big baseball fan. Yeah. He was really, uh, really friendly with us. And George uh, W. Bush, the jersey is has his last name and then the number one. PJ you got a nice suit going on. The president's got a nice red. I wonder if tie. he still has that jersey, dude. Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably on a box in a basement somewhere. In where, where were you at during this White House? You sit and like you're like the crowd kind of. You're kind of sitting yeah. and there's a stage and you're just kind of sitting watching. So you're watching PJ and the yeah. president. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I didn't want to go up there. No chance, man. <laughs> 
No <laughs> chance. That was, that was all PJ. I man. was shook though. I, yeah. yeah. I mean, just I've never been to the White House. I've been on the outside. But when uh, Laker players talk about going there and meeting the president, especially when they would meet President Obama, it's like, oh, it's pretty cool. You go around there. Sergio Romo tells the stories about going to the White House, how he got lost all of a sudden and the Secret Service was looking for him. Shocker with Romo. But you're walking around, but they said it just feels different. And for you guys, it must have been just like surreal, right? Where you're coming from to just be you of all people, PJ, the president and you, Secret Service must have patted you down like nothing, Dude, right? I remember, I don't know if you remember this. We were waiting to get in line. So before you even go, they have to uh, do background checks on everybody to yeah. make sure, you know, like they're not letting some crazy person into the, the White House. But uh, uh, I remember we were waiting in line to go in. Yeah. And I don't I know if you remember this. Like there was. You know, there's trees in the lawn. Secret and Service. All guy. of a sudden, this dude, like full vest, yeah, machine gun, like jumps out of a tree and it's like, "What's up, guys?" And we're like, "Yeah, this is no joke." Like, like you, you better know. not say anything stupid, or no. else you're. And then, and then once you go in, you we kind of line up to take the picture, and you you're waiting, waiting. The Secret Service kind of walks in, and they're kind of like looking at everyone, looking around, staring at your faces, and you're like, then Bush comes out, takes a picture, boom, goes back in. Yeah. It's like quick, man. Everything's so quick. I'm sure it's different for a professional team because yeah, they go just, by themselves. Yeah, by themselves. Yeah. yeah. So us, it was like six, five, six teams. So it was a little bit different. That's still cool, though. It's crazy. Like, yeah, no, it's cool. It's cool. I mean, I don't think I understood the magnitude of going to the White House at the time. Like, you're just kind of like, oh, okay, cool. I go to the White House. I meet the president. But now, like, a little older, a little wiser, you're like, holy shit. Like, yeah. I got to go there. You Wait, know? did you meet him, too? Yeah, yeah, you oh, shake yeah. his hand. Oh, well, you, you shake his hand. Well, I mean, PJ goes first. Yeah. But you kind of stand in line. Come on, guys. It's just like, congratulations, and then that's it. Okay. And yeah. nothing big. W- what did they feed you? They didn't feed us anything. I don't no, know. I don't think we got anything. No, no. 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 Man, get in, it was get kind out. of, yeah, it was, a, it was, yeah. It was get crazy. in, get out. And See, that's the stuff that when you're 19, 20, 20, you don't understand. No, you, no. Now that you're our age and you guys are in your late 30 or mid 30s for you, Rick, it's, you're just like, whoa, like the cool. stuff you've seen. And PJ, now you've seen this. You're the assistant hitting coach with the New York Yankees. And um, traveling with them must be like rock stars every <laughs> single city. Michael Thompson will tell me about the Lakers. Their Lakers are the Rolling Stones of the NBA. The well, Yankees are the same thing, right? We listen to, uh, if you listen to Mike Harkey uh, heard the podcast yeah. Yeah, with CeCe, he talks about being the pitching coach for the Diamondbacks. And he's like, yeah, I was staying at damn Westons. And I'm kind of sitting here and I'm like, I know, right? man, I used to stay at Westons and I thought that was top <laughs> shit. You know, I was like, what the hell are they staying at? <laughs> the Westons, the heavenly pillow, man. The pillow. <laughs> no, we just get them on the plane. <laughs> It's it's crazy, man. Um, trust me. I mean, we the Yankees absolutely take care of all of their staff, support staff, players because yeah. they want our sole focus to be on winning games at night. Like the most important thing and the biggest expectation for us every single day is to win the game at seven o'clock or one o'clock or whenever we're playing and championship or bust. And that's our mentality. And, and you know the Steinbrenners do such a fantastic job of of providing us with every single amenity. Oh, and, and you opportunity can tell to just focus on playing yeah. and I, getting better. I'm gonna, I remember my rookie year. Honestly, we were sitting at the new Yankee Stadium, and Kevin Millar was my teammate that year in '09. And we're sitting there, and I'm sitting at the table with him and Scott Rowland, and we're eating dinner after a game, at, and the napkins had the New York Yankee logo on it, and. <laughs> Uh, Millard pulls it out and he's kind of like this is show shit right here this is show shit right here when you have your logo in your napkin they're letting you know something and I'm kind of like I didn't know any better and I was like 
wait, that is show shit. Not you go anywhere else, nobody has their logo on their napkin. On they're the le- they're, they're letting right? they're letting you know that mm-hmm. hey, this is our place. We're you know, just time. make sure you remember that. I, I I tell the guys all the time that when the opposing team hits BP, there's no music. <laughs> it's Yankeeography. I don't yeah. know if it still is. You know, yeah. so they try to like. I feel like it's just you kind of catch yourself. You're looking. You're watching. You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And if you fall in that mindset of sure. like, oh man, I better not fuck up tonight. And and I think that's what they try to do. And and kind of, you know. And it's just different, man. When you when you step into that stadium. But and Ricky's guess, always told the story too. When you start playing uh, New York, he's like, there's nothing like beating them and having them play that song. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 just different, man. But when it, they win, you're like. <laughs> well, when you when they win, you don't even hear the song because you go straight in the clubhouse. <laughs> but like I said, um, enough of that. Uh, for you, PJ, you obviously grew up here in in Southern California, right? And uh, Walnut, and you yeah, went you're to right. Bishop Amat. Bishop Amat. Right. Bishop Amat. People, if you drive the ten or the sixty freeway, you see that Amat sticker on oh, somebody's yeah. car, <laughs> That's and you see it a lot. You deal. see it a lot you here. You never realize it until you know what it is, and you all of a sudden you're like, damn! If you're on the other side of the six hundred five. It's everywhere. Hey, the sticker was a big deal in high school. I think I played football for three years just to get the sticker. Yeah. So when the season was over, we could put them on like mom's car and dad's car so people could know I was a Lancer. You know what I mean? I, big what, time school. What, yeah. At what age did you grow up playing baseball? When did you start? I started playing at four years old. Four. And, I, you know, I was... In uh, Walnut? In Walnut. Yeah. Uh-huh. Just you playing uh, pony baseball. Yeah. You know, so you know, Little League. I was a pony league guy. I used to always... You know, I guess I'm dying on the fence if I thought Pony League was better than Little League. Because you can lead off, you know what I mean? You can lead it's off big time field. You yeah. can wear spikes. You can wear spikes. Yeah. Pitchers had to pitch out of the stretch. Yeah. And I just felt like it helped you learn the game a lot faster. But mm-hmm. um, from Walnut, I think where I really knew I was going to be like a decent player is I started playing travel ball for the West Covina Dukes. Ah, yeah, the big was, time. It was great. Big time. Yeah. So double ABC ball. So I've listened to your guys' podcast too. I yeah, know. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'd, go, we'd come play in Boyle Heights and Mayfair. And, yeah. and, I mean, we were playing, I mean, 86, 95 games a summer. I remember like, that, yeah, yeah. Where it was like you either knew you were going to be pretty decent um, and you maybe had a shot at having a career at baseball or it's time to you know go play an instrument or something like when that. When did you realize you were good? Oh, I don't think I was ever good. I thought I think I was always. I don't know. I think my passion and enthusiasm for the game. His baseball IQ. I mean, he was good. He's being. You you get just about the Yankees and you won a World Series. You were good. But his IQ was always what made him so good. Is his IQ? He was always ahead of the game. Well, he's a catcher. They're different, man. Yeah, I mean, he was. Honestly, I I mean, I remember, and we're jumping forward a little bit, but I remember Coach Horton always having him by his side, like, "Hey, Peach, what do you think we should do here?" That type, that type of stuff. He's a mature guy. Just kind of like, "Hey, what do you think of it? What do you (laughs) think about that? What what do you think of this?" And it was just the respect that that Coach Horton had for PJ, and 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 it wasn't just every player that he was coach on the field. Yeah. Okay. I tried to be. I mean, in college, I was probably a little closer to you. Yeah. Okay. In college, I was probably confused with leadership and goon like being just an absolute geeked out goon like i mean <laughs> i was really loud really energetic but yeah. i just cared i mean yeah. I, to say i'd probably to sum it up like me as a player i probably got the absolute most out of my talent that i had um and brain help and everyone fed off of that yeah okay. everyone i mean it's what made cal state fullerton blue collar yeah. you know every, all of us were and and, mm. and there was no like at the time there was not any super super high prospects yeah we had prospects but it wasn't super high. It was just blue collar type. We're gonna come. Yeah. We don't care who you are. We're gonna kick your ass. Yep. 
That's just the way we, we yeah. took it out. So, okay, let, let's see your career way. Uh-huh. You got a scholarship to Fullerton? No, I was a walk-on. You walked on? I walked on. Did they I, even know who you were? No. Oh, I, uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so I was a senior at Bishop Ahmottman. Uh-huh. And you know, like your junior year is a big, big deal. Yeah, yeah. It looks to go to college. And I didn't play because... My junior year, I was behind a senior catcher that had already committed to play at University of Arizona. So, Legit? Um, okay. I didn't have many looks, and I wasn't a bad student. I mean, I wasn't a great student, but I wasn't, you know, I could get into school. Um, and I was getting ready to go to a junior college just to play because I wanted to play baseball and had nowhere to go. Um, and my high school coach, at the, uh, one of my high school coaches at the time, called Coach Horton. It was like, you need to come take a look at this kid. Like, he'll walk on, he'll do whatever, he'll catch bullpens for a year, he'll do anything you want. So he came to watch me play. I knew he was coming. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm so nervous. I got to yeah. have a good game. I had, like, the worst game. I think I missed, like, five blocks. Oh, I no. for four. I never punch out. I think I punched out three times. And Because uh, you put too much pressure on yourself. Oh, without a doubt. You know, just because I knew. I mean, we were three weeks away from the fall semester starting as a freshman in college. And I had nowhere to go yet. Oh, shit. So uh, I'm waiting on this call. Like, this is, like, a big deal. Yeah. So you were just playing the summer somewhere? I was playing... Um, like American uh, Legion Ball? Or no, or I was playing Babe Con- Ruth. Con- Babe okay. Ruth, and we were getting ready to go to the Babe Ruth World Series. Yeah. Uh, with the so you had already graduated high school. Already graduated high you school. You had no idea what you were doing? No idea. Did you even apply to colleges? Oh, no. I'd already been in. I already got accepted to San Diego State. Okay, so you State did the applying and, schools yes. and just to go be a student. Sure. But you wanted to play baseball. Wanted to play baseball. And nobody wanted you. Nobody wanted me. Like, not one recruiter, not nothing. You nothing. must have been, like, all league, all that other stuff, right? I mean, some JCs wanted me. Well, uh, they want everybody. Late. Sure, <laughs> exactly, right? But uh, so I, I wind up having, like, the worst game ever, and I'm like, this is, I mean, this is it. Blew it. Yeah. And then Coach Horton called me the next day, and he's like, yeah, we'd love to have you come out and walk on. I'm not promising you anything. Did you believe him? Not really. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, you missed five. You struck out. I know. So I, I, I'm taking it as, like, you know – Hey, this is an opportunity. I'll probably redshirt. He's probably thinking he's got a bullpen catcher for a year. Uh, but just to have the opportunity was like, I mean, I wanted to go to a D1 program because I knew deep down I could play there. Yeah. And sure as shit, like within 13 months, our starting catcher breaks his thumb. Uh, you know, one of our other catchers has some scuffles, and I'm in the lineup for 18 straight games. I'm catching in at the University of Miami, you know, engineering a sweep of uh, the hurricanes the first team that ever swept miami at yeah. miami in 2001 but nobody I mean, wanted you no now don't get me wrong i went out and hit 160 that year but uh, <laughs> uh but hey, but you catch you caught the shit out but of I it i caught that's the a, shit out yeah, of it, that's it like sarlus i caught you know and that was our guy and um it just kind of stemmed from there man like uh i got confident i knew i could play at that level we wound up going to omaha that year i was uh brett k's backup brett yeah. k is uh jay sarah and san juan capistrano's head baseball okay. coach yeah um, good program Great program. And, uh, you know, I just I grew some confidence after that. And then in 2002, I wound up catching 40-something games at Fullerton and hitting 260. And I just kind of – I was a late bloomer. You were, I was a late bloomer. It's crazy because when you when you think about those two catchers that we had my years at Cal State Fullerton, both of them were walk-ons. Yep. Kurt, Kurt was and a walk-on. And for people who don't know what walk-on is, you go to school and you say, hey, I want to play baseball. And they say, cute. Uh, <laughs> go, maybe we'll let you try out. Sure. Yeah. And there's some people who are preferred walk-ons sure. where it's like – we don't have room for you, but come here because it's just the way a big time program. Mm-hmm. If you're a walk on, essentially, you're not going to play. Sure. You're not wanted. No. You mm-hmm. should go to like Chapman or Laverne. Yeah. Go play at those Division three schools. Oh, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, Coach Horton tried to get me to leave three times. <laughs> He's like, you're never going to play. He's like, he was just looking out for me. He yeah, knew how yeah. hard I worked. He's like, because you have 50 people on the roster anyways. Yeah. He's like, you're just not going to play. You need to go to JC. And I said, with all due respect, Coach, like, I appreciate you looking out for me, but we're getting close to starting the season and I'd rather stick it out. I'm tight with these guys. And that was my sophomore year where I wound up playing. 
Yeah. When hurt. a coach comes up to you and tells you, you need to leave my program because <laughs> I'm trying to do the best thing for you. Sure. Where did you get that stubbornness to say, hey, I'll, I'll be willing to be the water boy here? Well, it just, I knew Cal State Fullerton's obvious, um, you know, tradition and, and storied history of, of, of winning. And I mean, there was already three championships at, mm-hmm. at Fullerton and, and I knew that we had a really good team that year in 2001 and I just wanted to be a part of it. Maybe get to go to Omaha, maybe get to win a national championship, even if I didn't play. And 2001 was the year that you guys struggled though, right? No, we were loaded in 2001, 2001, 2002, 2002. We were, we finished fourth in the conference. We went to Stanford, got our asses kicked. It was, that's right. Yeah. That's before I came in. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I remember, cause I remember there was a story. Remember, uh, I came in as a freshman in 2000, this 2002-2003 season, mm-hmm. and I couldn't wait to. Before they used to give cotton T-shirts, Titan baseball <laughs> T-shirts. Now it's all dry fit, sure. really nice stuff. And I remember I couldn't wait to get my Cal State Fullerton Titan shirt. And why oh, you didn't have one? Well, we get there the first day, and then the coaches say, "Hey, we're coming off a shitty year from the year before. You got to earn the Titan on your chest." So they gave us great T-shirts, dude. <laughs> My fault, Rick. Yeah, <laughs> no logos on shorts. We had just Nothing. regular just blue a t-shirt. shorts. Nothing. A great it looked like t-shirt. a PE class. Yes. Yeah, intramurals yeah. over there. Intramurals people had better uniforms than you. Probably, yes. probably. And I'm kind of like, are you shitting me? <laughs> I, yeah. This East, young East LA kid wants to. He just, he just wants his tie. You want to go back to King Taco with yeah, Fullerton baseball? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I wanted to go back to East LA with my tie and shirt. It's like, <laughs> nope. hey, nope. <laughs> and they conditioned the shit out of oh. us that day, that year. It was like tough conditioning and. And I think it just built for 2003, 2004, and then obviously for me, 2005, it just kind of built us to like, hey, unacceptable what happened here. It shouldn't happen ever again. And now we're going to we're gonna retrain you guys to kind of- there's people listening right now going, damn it, I don't know where Fulderson's at. What's up, everybody in Manitoba? Saskatchewan? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, but the reason we're going down this memory line, because this is going to tell you who PJ is- the the background of where you're at from not being recruited, walking on, getting told to leave, you don't belong in baseball. No. Yet now you're with the New York Yankees traveling on the show bird, on the show hotel, uh, show napkins. You're learning all the, the yeah. words, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I just know the word and word show. That's it. Uh, you're in the show uh, podcast. Uh, uh, but, <laughs> yeah. But, Big time. But that attitude is what people need to have, not just for baseball, but for life, sure. right? Because if you would have listened to Coach Horton, your life has changed. If right. you would have said, you know what, I'll just go to Mount Sac, your whole life has changed. Sure. you got to believe in yourself to where you're at. Because you get drafted and you go to the minor leagues. How many years did you play? I played nine years in the minor leagues. In the mi- Never got to the major Never leagues. got to the big leagues. Did you ever have like a, a minor league a bat in the spring training? You know, I went to four major league camps because okay. I was a catcher, and we always brought 32 catchers yeah. into camp, and it's like, hey, you know. <laughs> but you're wearing like number 85, oh, right? Oh, 85 was actually my number. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's a funny story. No respect. <laughs> it's actually pretty funny. I went to four uh, major league camps. The first three years, I wore number 86. My fourth year, I wore number 85. And our equipment guy at the time, I'll never forget this, goes, hey, P. 85 this year. You're moving up in the world. Only <laughs> only about 45 more major league camps and you might have a respectable number. <laughs> so, what uh, number do you have now? Uh, I have 63 now, but you know, I'm a hitting guy. I don't yeah. know. I'm, you, you I'm don't wear wearing my jersey. You wear yeah. your jacket anyways. No, I'm yeah. wearing a pullover or something swaggy. You but know that, what I mean? that yeah. attitude of getting there, and Ricky's taught me this about a lot of players and me as a reporter all the years. I have so People say, you don't like teams. Like I don't care about a team. I just love watching the best athletes in the world perform at sure. whatever it is they're doing because you're the 1% of the 1% to get yeah. there. And, but they also, you can get there, but the attitude to stay there, Ooh. 
Like, what made you keep on grinding in the minor leagues for nine years playing? Well, I mean, I always wanted to, like I was saying earlier, I always, I always wanted to play in the big leagues, and I always probably, I probably got more out of my talent as a player than I should have. Like, I remember my dad would always be like, "Man, like you're getting screwed. You, you should be catching in the big leagues." You know, this pops and your family's <laughs> oh, yeah. like the oh, biggest yeah. supporter. And my I'm dad Italian still tells family. me that now. Yeah. Hey, you could be pitching in the big leagues. I'm right. about that now. No, no. Nah. And I'm just like, man. I'm playing in AAA for the third year. Like, I got to go to Major League Camp with the Yankees. Like, you know, like going back to what we were talking about earlier. Like, I wasn't even supposed to play at Fullerton. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I got – it was a good ride. Trust me. I, I'm not upset. I wish I played in the big leagues or had one at bat. But um, I always knew I wanted to coach. Always. And going back to our Fullerton days of just – there was nothing like the camaraderie of a clubhouse, of a team, of that family atmosphere of guys just grinding and getting fucking after it together. Like, yeah. I – I mean, I crave we, we, that shit. Like, it's just in me. The culture we created at Cal State Fullerton, um, my freshman, sophomore year while he was there, obviously my junior year he was gone, but those guys installed that not just on the field but off the field. We had a lot of fun times mm-hmm. off the field as college kids and just being normal mm-hmm. kids and, you know, and, and having fun. But when it came to taking care of business, we took care of business on the playing field. Even though we started shitty in, in 2004 mm-hmm. – we still found a way to kind of, hey, boys, it's going to be all right. And we, I remember, we, and he'll tell you this, we had a meeting one year where everyone kind of let the air out. And it's like, it was time, like, hey, uh, we suck. What do we have to do better? And guys started calling each other out. Yeah. And we thought there was oh, going to, no. yeah, we thought there was going to be fights. Oh, yeah. And, Usually oh, like, oh, maybe this, maybe that. No. But no, and, it's like, you did this? Yeah. Uh, oh, you yeah. did this. And no, well, you're doing this and you're showing up this. And How you're, many, uh, I should be playing ahead of you. No, no, no. Oh, okay. yeah. And I'm kind of sitting there and, you know, I'm still kind of trying to get my foot in. You know, it's my sophomore year. I still have no say, really. You know, I'm kind of like, yeah, I'm the Saturday starter, but. I'm gonna hold back and not. Nah, he was a guy. He was a sophomore. He was one of our guys. Plus, <laughs> Ricky doesn't talk. And they, well, he talked a little bit more in sophomore year. He was getting comfy. Oh yeah. And um and I remember we go and play San, the Toreros at night in San, San Diego. San Diego. Mm-hmm. And we got our asses. Yeah, I know. Us. And we we literally everyone. You could if you took a picture of our dugout, everyone was sitting there like this, just oh, kind of like uh, face on uh, their hands. I guess we're just not that good. Yeah, we're just not that good, guys. Sorry. But then we got on a fucking run once conference came, and we, just, we uh, to this day, I think it's probably the still. best conference record ever in the Big West. It still is, yeah. 19 and 2. 19 and 2. Jeez. We just steamrolled everyone. Everyone. Yeah. And this is another funny story from that year, and it goes back to his leadership. We were going to play Long Beach, and this is um, Weaver, Ramos, Vargas. Oh, jeez. Yes. And it was Windsor, Romero, Mike Martinez. And the coaches kind of got a little because we were one game away from winning the Big West. All we had to do was win one. Long Beach had to sweep us to win the Big West. To to win the Big West. So it's, you know, they leave those games for the end. And we were in the circle before practice. Coach Horn says, hey, we're going to make a a few changes. Martinez, you're going to go on Friday because you're facing Weaver. They were, Weaver should I say scared? I think they were scared. Yeah. Well, Weaver at that time had these records. This would be the number. Yeah. So they were. They were oh, no, scared. He was the number one pitcher in the in the yeah. all of Weaver. Yeah. Jared Weaver, former Angel pitcher at that time, was having fifty scouts at every. Oh call. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was how much money does he want to sign? Sure. Yeah. He was selling out because I would go to those games and yeah. you couldn't buy tickets, so I had to stand on left field with all the drunks, <laughs> uh, which I was. 
you know, I mean, I was going to do that anyways. <laughs> <laughs> but it, you just knew that Weaver was like the, the thing oh, yeah. to do yeah. to go mm-hmm. watch him play. Yeah. So hell yeah, it's intimidating. So, so I mean, you can you can go on from the story here, but I just kind of, that's what happened. So we, we, uh, we, we get in the circle and he's like, we're going to make changes to the rotation because they thought we were going to lose to Weaver. They're like, all right, we're going to throw our Sunday guy against the Friday night guy. And then we're going to change Windsor to Saturday. Ricky, you're going to go Sunday. Yeah. So we're kind of, so, and we're on a roll. Yeah. And they say that and we're in the circle and everyone starts looking at each other like, what the fuck? Yeah. And I remember seeing your face and you're like, nah, nah. Yeah. So our practice was dog shit. Oh. And then if you want to pick it up from here. Wait, Pete, you guys looked at it, but you didn't say anything. No, we didn't say anything no. at the time. Well, so you that, can't. No, I mean, I mean, you're trying to not be insubordinate, but at the same time, like we've been through so much shit already. Yeah. We're finally like about to come out the other side, like we're kicking people's asses, and we're like looking at each other, like fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> like our number one, Jason Windsor, is pretty fucking good too. Yeah. Like he deserves to go into Long Beach and go toe to toe with Jared Weaver in front of all these scouts. Yeah. And you know, and yeah. get his due. So, Coach Orton could sense that we were like not feeling this decision that he was about you know that he presented to us everyone was quiet man this yeah. practice we were we were feeling Go good through the motions. Oh, yeah, we were going through the motions so he brings us back together and it's like yeah. what do you got and it's just like coach we think it's bullshit we want Windsor to start like he deserves to start well, you guys said that. yeah yeah he did and all we well, needed was one it. game like i don't yeah. i don't blame coach horton for his new he strategy ran, because all we needed was one game yeah he, he ran was, it he ran it by us so we yeah. were stretching mm-hmm. and you know the captains were like what do you guys think and we're like fuck yeah no no so we tell him and he's like i mean at this point we had kind of grown into what he had want us to be all year you know being a family taking care of our own shit yeah and uh he was like fuck it let's go with you guys so we need oh. all we need to do is win one and we sweep them and we sweep them oh you guys beat weaver <laughs> we, yeah. be- we beat weaver one nothing Weaver goes nine. Windsor goes ten, ten. innings. No way. No, no, no way. Was it and one uh, nothing, Pete? Because you guys, nothing. yeah, that's right. So one because nothing. you guys believed in yourself and you Shit. had that attitude. It like was probably to this. I talk about that game all the time. It's probably one of the greatest college teams I ever saw, <laughs> performance wise, pitching wise. How did you do that weekend? Uh, I don't even remember. No, but he I was good. I, we beat Ramos two to one the next day. That's <laughs> even though we only got one hit against Ramos. But Caesar uh, Ramos, he'll again. know better. He'll know better. Yeah. I don't even remember, man. What up, Caesar? How you doing? Uh, we love to have you on the podcast, Caesar Ramos. But oh, I never was got like hit off him. Three games that was just pitching, pitching, oh. pitching, pitching, and it, 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 it kept you at top step. Everyone's like, "Holy smokes!" Yeah, Windsor and Weaver just going major, at major it. Major leaguers. Yeah, yeah and yeah. then me and Ramos go major at leaguers it. Leaguers going at it. And then yeah, Mike know. Martinez and Jason Vargas, you know, I don't know. Vargas is still still in the big leagues, still doing it. Yeah, and so it, that's that's a cool story. Well, see, yeah. That's why we like having uh, people on like you know Rick. That's why the name of the podcast is Let's Go Ricky Row, right? With me, uh, <laughs> because you go and you take people down the road, and it's like you'll remember. Like PJ remembers that game. And you went two to one. We had one hit. Blah 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 blah. And you've heard this. But where were you last night? <laughs> we were on a plane. We left Newark. I think we flew out of Newark last night. But you don't know what happened. Early 2000s, because that's what uh, the beauty of sports is. People sure. remember these moments. Mm-hmm. You remember playing pony baseball. Ricky sure. remembers Boyle Heights and East LA. All that. That's why we, not that we go off on people who play travel ball all, the, all mm-hmm. year round and make their lives about it, mm-hmm. but those memories can't be replaced because when you're bouncing around and you're just chasing, let me get to the big leagues, like a lot of parents are doing for the kids sure. now, they forget that road and that path, right? Yeah. Th- that's what the beauty of a sports is teaching us is enjoy the journey, yeah. right? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I mean, it, you can't force anything on, on people. They're not going to enjoy it. I mean, we did it because we loved it. And the thing that's really cool is the memories and the moments that we shared. Like, I don't, Ricky, when's the last time I saw you? Oh, it's, it's been it's a long time. A long time, yeah. But it doesn't feel time. like it. When yeah. we see each other, I mean, we can talk about like 2004, like it's yesterday. Wait, you haven't seen him in how long? It's been a long time. It's probably been more than five years. Yeah, I would say, You yeah, walked yeah. into this uh, studio where we're at right now, and you <laughs> acted like you saw him last night. Yeah, yeah I know. You guys it's crazy. Like, it's just that family. It's yeah. that family-oriented. Really? I could not have told. Yeah. Titan told baseball really? family, as we call it. You, yeah. you, anyone you see that's sure. played together during those times, I feel like, yeah, yeah. you don't lose a beat. No. You know, And it's really? almost like you... It's almost like I want to be like, hey, Peach, I'll be back later so we can have some beers, you know? <laughs> <Or something. laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, we got Why not? We're going to New York and Peach is going to put us up. We'll, we'll oh, go back to the Hamptons at your other house. Yeah, we'll there go. you go. Yeah, there you, you go. Yeah. We got up. tickets. We got tickets. <laughs> oh, Ricky's yeah. got, oh, Ricky's I, got I'll take care of the tickets. You take care of the quarters, <laughs> if you know what I mean. <laughs> the beat of the four, right? We'll be all yeah. right. And we, you uh, got done playing. When were you done? How did you know you were done? Well, before that, though, going to the minors, we got to face each other oh, a yeah. lot. Oh, did you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and it, it was, was like, great. oh, and they got it. Forget well, that we got so many stories. Oh yeah, we, y'all put the microphone. So, so PJ, PJ was the catcher during those uh, when we were in Trenton in Double A. Um, he was the catcher Is for that those. When you sucked. Yeah, but in New Hampshire, right? Those years, New Hampshire. You yeah, your dad, your dad said, "Come home, come home." Yeah, and so, you were facing him. Well, mm-hmm. during that time, he was catching like the Jabba Chamberlains, the Phil Hughes, the even uh, Roger Clemens as he's making his comeback sure. that year. He was he was the guy behind. Um, one of our, I don't know if you, do you still talk to Chase, right? Yeah. You do? Guy. Yeah. Oh, man. Tell him I say hello. 2008. Yeah. And, and we'd have some battles. Me and we Chase would. were good friends. Well, he was good friends with him. And then they, sure. they he introduced me to him. So we'd go match up against each other. And it was like battle. serious. Like, like we'd be like battle. laughing the whole yeah. time, you know? But I kind of, I was, I think on my second or third year in AA. So it was like, this is make or break for me, yeah. so I'm just gonna go out and have fun. But some of my best games came against Trenton really? and Double yeah. A. Yeah, I remember. I'll never forget. It was it was really neat. I mean, obviously, me and Rick were close because we played together. So we would you know try to get together, grab breakfast or something when we played against each other in the minors. Mm-hmm. And then you started the first year. JP was with you yeah. in New Hampshire. Yeah. And then this guy pitcher Chase Wright that he's talking about. Me and Chase Wright were tight. Him and JP were tight. Every time we'd play each other, all four of us would go have breakfast. That's right. The pancakes. That's right. Yeah. Pancakes. We'd go get the pancakes. That's right. And, and it was pretty neat. I mean, it's like we're going to face each other tonight, try to kick each other's ass. But it's like we developed friendships with new guys. And that's just one of a million stories in the minor leagues that happen. That's, that's crazy. But trying to circle back real quick. I remember Rick being, I'm talking about you now, yeah. coming to Trenton. I had just finished like hitting the cage and we're underneath the bowels of the stadium and he was really upset because he was struggling in 07. Yeah. And he's like, P, you know, I feel like I'm letting the organization down. I feel like I'm letting my family down. And I remember you telling me like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. Yeah. And I'm like, Rick, no way. I'm like, bro, just go out and have a good month and your numbers will be right where you want to be. I'll never forget. I remember yeah. me and you talking. Yeah, yeah. Me. Sure shit. I didn't, I, he, he did it, not me. But sure enough, he stuck with it, became himself, started throwing the fucking two-seamer more, <laughs> running the shit off barrels, and then uh, took off. And the rest is history, Why man. did you tell him that? I mean, a lot of people told Ricky that. Why did you tell him? Because that? I know the fight that's in this guy. He wasn't a quitter, man. This guy in college would do anything to help us win. Like, I'll never forget regionals in 04. Yeah. We lose. We get walked off. Pepperdine walks us off at 4. 7 o'clock that night, we're playing ASU for our lives. We win. So Ricky's on no days rest. We got to beat Pepperdine twice. Twice, yeah. No days. As soon as we get home to the apartment, he's running the streets. 
trying to get the lactic acid out so he could pitch the next day if we need him. Like, that's him. Like, he's got that. And he's always had that deep down, like, I've been through shit. I've never bitched about it. But I'm going to get after your ass. And I'm going to fight. And he wasn't fighting at the time. And, and I understand. He had expectations. First you round saw pick. That. You saw that he had lost his fight a little bit. So but, I'm glad you know, he found it. Because we talked yeah. about it on the podcast where you said, we ask everybody, when you, did you ever think you were done? Rick's like, yeah, I called my dad. His dad mm-hmm. told him, come home, come work. Come <laughs> yeah. drive the truck. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he's like, oh, no, no, that's right. We don't do manual labor here. We don't, yeah. don't need for that. Yeah, but I mean. Do you I remember think, that conversation? I, I Yeah, yeah, now I do. Yeah, yeah, in Trenton, yeah. It, it was it in Trenton? Yeah. Yeah, it was in Trenton. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember I came off and I think I had had a rough game. Mm-hmm. And, and, and. I think PJ and, as like I said, other Titan teammates along the way, um, when they see somebody down like that, they, sure. they pick you back up because, like you said, he saw the fight in me. He saw that I wanted that I wanted it so bad. Yep. You know, it, I wasn't just there to go through the motions, and I had never gotten my ass kicked like that. You know, I dominated in in, mm-hmm. in high school and then college. I kind of came into my own. And then finally, you, you, like you said, you have those expectations. You're a first rounder, you're yada, yada, yada. And then now you're getting your ass kicked. You're like, how do I bounce back from this? And then obviously- well, how did it, you, Oh, sorry, but how did you, like it, at that time, I'm looking at your numbers, you were struggling too. You were scuffling. Like <laughs> you were just going along with everybody else. You weren't the star. You, you were backing up people. You were playing tw- two, three times a week maybe. How did you- have the belief in yourself to go and tell somebody else this. It's just because I knew him. Yeah. It's like we okay. were family. I mean, like I said, he caught me. He, yeah. he saw everything. He saw the... the a lot of times when you're struggling on your own, you don't want to give advice to people. Yeah, but I know Ricky's a more, more talented player than me. It's not hard <laughs> to be like, hey, Rick, man, you're better than that. You know what I mean? Uh, he saw the... Honestly, he saw the... He was always a coach. He, yeah. he, yeah. he, saw, me, he saw me evolve. Yeah. You know, he literally did, you know, because I came in as a freshman, didn't really know my role, and, mm-hmm. and I remember sophomore year, didn't know my role. Um, I was supposed to be in the bullpen, and everyone's like, "Dude," he would always say, "Dude, you got to realize how good your shit is. You just have to realize that. You have to realize that." And I was like, "What is that? Like, I don't understand that. Not yet. You know, I don't. What? what? And I'm going out there, and I'm getting my ass kicked in fall ball. Coach Serrano's like, "Dude, you're not who without you were. You're gonna go back to the bullpen." Luck. I mean, not luckily. It, it sucked because we had two guys go down that year, and then but you gotta be in, ready. In comes Ricky, and then yeah. it's just, it was when the rest somebody, of history. That year, it just sounds like you were ready to be done. You're calling your dad, like the organization's <laughs> done, and you you you're one of those guys that cares too much. You're, that's your problem. You, you, you're too nice. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like I'm trying to te- tell you this, uh, but anybody else tells you that you're probably like whatever. He tells you this. And it probably means more to you. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you go you go back to your room and you have to look at yourself in the mirror and you got to say, okay, I'm getting punched in the face, but I got to sack up and, and go out there and continue to work, continue, not get away from what's gotten me here. And I think I, I, I was trying to do too much. You know, you see so-and-so in the stands or Mr. GM or Mr. This or Mr. That, and, and you're trying to impress everyone. And once I got away from that and said, all right, I'm going to have fun, JP kind of helped me out. And I think he talked to you a few times about, hey, what makes him go? What makes him go? What 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 can I do to to help him? And and I think they had a few talks. They became close, too. Yeah. And 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 that's I think that's when I hit my stride in, in 2008. You see Ricky get to the major leagues. What do you think? I was so excited for him <laughs> because I knew it was in it. In 
it was inevitable to me. Did you say, yeah, I always need no, it? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 like no everybody no. used to LA took credit for him. <laughs> oh, I mean, just, I mean, obviously, there's so many stories throughout the sports world, but his, his story is awesome. To come in as a really quiet kid from East Los and be a Cal State Fullerton and, you know, win a national championship, be a first-round pick. Like, he doesn't all understand that. what he's done. Like, if the story <laughs> stopped there, it's a great story. No, it just East LA to Fullerton, that's a great story. Yeah. That's a good point. Touche. So, I mean, and to see him get to the big leagues and then get a contract and get guys out in Yankee Stadium and yeah. be loved in Toronto, like, couldn't be happier for him. No, you but know, yeah, he deserved all of it. He was... You know, he could handle all that. He was built to handle all that. So it was cool now, to see him Now let's get back get to the P.J. Pelletieri podcast. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, PJ. yeah. Come on, it's, man. It's enough, enough mate. Oh, I'm not yeah, he's amazing. Yeah, yeah, enough. enough. But anyways, he's not going to leave his Yankee tickets like you are. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you uh, you retire. How did it end for you? What happened? It's, um, you know, I you, always knew. You were 29 knew, years old. I was 29. And I always knew that when the game was over, I was... Well, or when I retired, I was I wanted to get into coaching just because, I, like I said earlier, I love being around a group that's getting after it, that's got the same goal every single day. So the Yankees approached me um, throughout the 2011 season like, hey, is this it? We want you to coach. You got to let us know. While you're playing. While I was still playing in AAA. Uh, and it was – honestly, I had to have a real conversation with myself. Like, is it worth all the work in the offseason, uh, getting after it, bus rides, catching 80 80- – fucking bullpens a day um because you weren't playing and just knowing like your opportunity is pretty slim like i had to have a real talk like uh do you want to keep playing because you can if you want you can go or you want to start coaching now you know or you can play affiliated ball and be a backup and maybe get 100 at bats if you want is it worth it your last year you had 75 at bats. exactly so i remember the last day i played i actually played the last day of the season in 2011 in scranton and i dh'd and i didn't get a hit and I remember just knowing, like, this is it. Like, I'm done. I, I got in my car, didn't even say goodbye to anybody because I knew it was done. And I was like, I'm not playing anymore. Mm-hmm. But was it a bit emotional for it you? It was. Yeah. It was hard knowing that you're not going to – like, the hitting part for me, I, great. I don't really miss that, especially today. Guys are so fucking good, by the way. <laughs> this is a joke. I got no chance to hit today. But I miss the catching part. Oh, hell yeah, just man. like the ball hitting my glove, like calling pitches – Working with your great catcher, like, great catcher, just, and he knew how to calm that's guy what down. I miss the most yeah. still to this day, even though I'm a hitting coach. <laughs> Catchers uh, are by weird, the way, do you, still, yeah, do you still strap on the gear? No, the, I did. Uh, <laughs> so funny, quick uh, squirrel story <laughs> right here. Squirrel. So last year, you know, you know how it is. Yeah, catcher made a last out, and it's like, hey, we need a catcher. And Severino's pitching, and I'm like, fuck it, let's do it. Get the mask. Is it in the big leagues? Up. In the big leagues in Yankee Stadium. It's like the third <laughs> inning, and he's cruising. And I go out, warm him up. First pitch hits me right in the foot. No. So it's fine. I mean, I'm fine. I'm playing it off. Like, no big deal. I'm a catcher. You know, throw it back. Yeah, but you're 38, you know? Like, that yeah, hurts. I know. So, but to make matters worse, it's like the first time I've warmed up Sevy ever. And uh, he winds up giving up three that inning. And everybody in the dugout, all the coaches are like, yeah, you're fucking done. You're, you're never, <laughs> ever going out there again to warm somebody up. You know how it is. It's super sick. Yeah, man. You know I know. Uh, yeah, so, I know exactly how it is. But uh, no, man. It, I like. I tell our catchers all the time, Austin, Austin Romine, Gary Sanchez, uh, Kyle Higashioka, like catching our staff. I mean, every dude's throwing a hundred with sink uh, and cut, and you know, warmups, dude. <laughs> I mean, Rick, you threw hard, but that damn, no, these guys no, today no, no, are I, oh, no, yeah, yeah, no, no, I didn't throw that hard, man. <laughs> like, trust me, I was lucky to play as long as I did in the era I did because I would have no chance to play today. So back to uh, your car. Your last game, you get in the car. Yeah. Where'd you go? I just started the drive home to Cali. 
Um, I just started. You were where? I was in Scranton, Pennsylvania, and just started driving home. You had already cleaned out your apartment? Oh, everything was packed, ready to go. And I remember the second day of the drive, I called the Yankees back and said, hey, I'm going to accept. I'm going to start coaching. I'm done. So I came to Instructional League immediately two weeks later. Okay, so before you retired, Mm -hmm. you knew you had a job offer? Yes. Okay. Yeah. You were, they were, they they were invested in you then. Sure. They wanted to, uh, just because of the catcher and me having a decent brain at the time, uh, they they saw me as a managerial prospect coach. So I started the immediately the next year in 2012, I worked in the Gulf Coast League with our rookies um, as a bench coach, like trying to get my feet wet as a coach. And, and uh, it was a great experience working with 17, 18 year old kids, a lot from Latin America, learning a lot of Spanish. You'd be surprised. Gringo's got a lot of Spanish. <laughs> hey, right you went to Bishop of Mine. You hey. got some Espanol. Hey, no hablando mierda aquí. Okay, vámonos. Let's go. Um, hey, so it's funny, though. Like, I, I, I try to check the Latinos sometimes. You know, like, hey, I'm listening to you. I heard the, you know, uh, yeah, exactly. I hear you. Oh, it's, uh, it's funny. Bashing me. But really, uh, really good experience, though. Uh, my first year working with those kids, you know, kind of grassroots, bottom levels and then uh after that season uh, but but then it was again for you you go into coaching and now it's grinding again through all the lower levels that's like the rookie the guys and you just started you were on you were knocking at the major league and now you're going all the way back to the bottom back to the bottom because now you got to pay your dues as a coach and i was honestly like yeah it's a pipe dream to say like oh i'm gonna coach in the big leagues to be honest like i I'm like, hey, I want to coach. I like the pro game. Like, let's get into coaching. I love it. If I'm a manager in low A for the next five years, I'd be like, this is awesome. You know what I mean? Because I'm coaching professionally. And, uh, you know, so after my first year, uh, one of our field coordinator at the time was like, hey, you know what? You could be a great manager, but I think you'd be a really good hitting coach. And I'm like, hitting coach? I was a shitty hitter. Why don't I be a good hitting coach? You know what I mean? I mean, I don't want to get the numbers no, out. No, no, please, please, please. Let's, let's, uh, let's let everybody think let's I was at least decent. Let's delete the numbers out. Yeah. So, hey, uh, but you do have some home runs under your not, belt. Not yeah. too many, man. Not too many. Hey, Ricky, how many hits do you got? <laughs> two. <laughs> That's two more major league hits than I got, though, so don't worry about it. Uh, so, I mean, I started be, becoming a hitting coach the very next year in low-A baseball, and I was really fortunate to be um, – uh, adjoined with a crop of up and coming kids at the at the time, like Aaron Judges and Gary Sanchez's, oh, okay. and, yeah, and so trust me, I've been very blessed to be coming through the system at the right time with a lot of really good players. Yeah, um, and it's just evolved from there. Like I kept getting promoted each year, and you know, uh, before the 2018 season, um, you know, I was asked to be the assistant of the, of the, of the how, New York Yankees. How was that, PJ? I mean, take us through that. Obviously, your goal was to be a major league baseball player, but now. In 2018, like mm-hmm. you said, you get called and say, "Hey, we need you to be the assistant hitting sure. coach in the big leagues." Right. That's when Aaron Boone took over. Yeah. Okay, so he he get, takes the job, and mm-hmm. then you get a call, and then I get a call. Um, I mean, I'm sure that's emotional itself, without a doubt. Yeah. I mean, my definitely my parents and myself and my fiance, we had a a moment and a celebration, and absolutely. Yeah, I mean, because, I get chills I mean, it just is, it, it, for me. Where were you? I was in Buffalo at home. Uh, it was January 4th. I probably know the time too. Ten oh five a.m. When Cash called, I mean, who's Cash? Brian Cashman. He calls. The GM. And said, yeah. The Did GM. you call him Cash? Yeah, he's Cash. That's <laughs> <laughs> Cash. So, so Cash calls and uh, and I kind of had a feeling he was gonna call and he's like, "Hey, we're gonna offer you this, this," and I'm like, you know, in my mind, I'm like, "Yes, yeah, fist pump," and I'm in the back of my mind, I'm going, "You can offer me nothing," and I'm taking it. <laughs> and so I, I try to play like hardball. I'm like, "Yeah, let me call you back. I gotta talk to my family about like if I'm gonna accept this position." 
I called him back like 10 minutes later, like, yeah, I'll take it, <laughs> you know. Um, but uh, it's been a great experience. I mean, trust me, even still today, in being my second year in the big leagues as a coach, every time I walk up the tunnel and into a major league stadium, I pinch myself. Every time I'm in the cage with Aaron Judge, John Carlos Stanton, Didi Gregorius, I mean, the best of the best, the yeah. one percenters of the world that play this game, I pinch myself. I mean, I'm very, very blessed and very lucky to be where I'm at. And, yeah, that, and that's mean, that's what I talk about. when you when There's something about that feeling when you walk into a big league stadium and you start looking around and you're just like, somebody pinch me. Sure. And it's like to this day, I spent four years there in Toronto and four plus years and Every time I'd still catch myself looking around. And I don't think that's ever going to stop for you, man. No. I think you're going to keep you were going. Doing those jobs in New Scranton or Newark or wherever you were at. <laughs> like I don't even want to know some of these cities. I know, but, but that's but what you talk about Rick. You went to the major leagues. You had your bobblehead, but then you went back to the minors and you were grinding and you still had that attitude of this is fucking cool. Even though it's you, you're not performing the way you want mm-hmm. to. That attitude is what keeps a lot of people going. Because mm-hmm. how many guys have you told me where they get there? And then they take everything for granted. Mm-hmm. And you hear them in September call up, and then you never hear from them ever again. Yeah. Like our intern who mm-hmm. should be here today, but he doesn't want to show up. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that right there, too, is the grind of getting there. I don't think people understand. You, you said lucky, and I always like to say you're not lucky because you work for this. Yep. You grinded. Yep. Literally grinded. How many, what, 16 years of your life? Yeah, I was drafted in 04, and uh, I finally made my debut as a coach in 2018. So, yeah, 15 years. Okay. Yeah. Um, they didn't dress, did they dress you up, PJ? No. No? Yeah, we don't do it anymore. Ah, yeah, Most of Major right. League Baseball is not doing it anymore. That's right. That's Everybody's right. Very well, sensitive. respect to you, PJ. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we can get all, all emotion and all that other stuff. But now we're going to go and uh, ask Ricky some of these questions. Are the questions that we like asking our guys? So, I don't know how much coaches make. <laughs> Uh-huh. All right, so let's go back to this. Let's go to your, when you're in Fullerton, uh-huh. all right. See, you're a guy who went to Catholic school, good uh, yeah. CYO kid over there at Bishop Amat. So you probably had a bank account in college. I had a bank account. There wasn't a ton of money in but it. But you had a bank account, Ricky. Yeah. Did you have one? No, no. How did you pay for your rent? Seven <laughs> Eleven <7-11. laughs> cashiers, cashiers check. Me, Turner, and Dorn. Dude. Dorn. We, all, we live in the same apartment complex. Oh, like yeah. Yeah. So you you paid with a check. These fools were paying yeah, cashiers check. I paid with a check, but it was mom who had joint access to <laughs> yeah. my account, putting money in there for me to write no, the not check. Not me. I didn't yeah. even know what a freaking bank card was. <laughs> we just like bringing this up for the people listening for the first yeah, time. Ricky it. really had. To go and pay his rent with the cashier's check for seven yeah. eleven. Now, PJ, for you, was it fourteenth round you get drafted? Thirteenth round, yeah. How much did they offer you? Fifth year senior, so zero leverage. It's hey, you sign or hey, you're, you're going to go get a master's. You're going to grad school. Yeah. <laughs> you're right. Five k. Five thousand. Five k, which the Yankees at the time were known as the you know the organization that really took care of the seniors. Like you'll get five k from them. Like somebody else, you'll get a grant. A, a grant, yeah. yeah. So. Okay, so not too so 5, bad. Five thousand, not terrible, not bad. That not was bad. gone within okay. like a month. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Yeah. You get to the Yankees. Uh-huh. Uh, you have to wear a nice suit, don't you? Uh, in the big leagues, yes, we travel um, sport coat. All right, your Business first casual. Did you have a, a, a fancy Armani Versace Hugo Boss suit? Absolutely not. Uh, <laughs> I think my newest suit is like a Tommy Hilfiger suit that I got at Macy's. Uh, but now second <laughs> that's year, that's not a show suit. No, no not a show suit. So now second year in the big leagues, you're though, tailored. Like now you're starting to feel. I'm not a veterano, not by any means, but I'm starting to feel like yeah, I'm in the big leagues. Like I need to go buy some new sport coats and some new dress shirts. Yeah, and more Jordans. So, soon and, you have to like tailor them to you. You almost and, have to look the part. It's yeah. like. Absolutely. Being in the show is everything you do has to be about the show, if you know what I mean. Uh-huh. So, uh, especially, good, feel good. Boy, especially yeah. being in the Yankee organization, yeah. too. 
You got to make sure the sport coat fits you. Yeah, you got to make sure it's tailored. Can you, can't you have uh, a baggy sport coat. Do you go shopping with a roll of Chapman? No. That would be fun, though, just to be like a guy carrying his bags or something. Dude, dude he's like the biggest fashion guy. Oh, yes. oh, I've seen this social he's media. He's unbelievable. He um, wears it once and throws it away, it seems like. Dude, to see some of the stuff he wears when we get on the plane is like, man, that is awesome. I could never wear that. Though. Yeah. You well, know? you can't paint your pants on the way he does. <laughs> no, I can't. You're a catcher. Yeah, you have a no, catcher's yeah. body. My quads would not fit in any of that stuff that he's wearing, but... Uh, no, it's it's pretty neat to see some of the stuff. You know, Didi Gregorius is big into fashion and art, and he creates a lot of his own clothing too. And it, it's it's he pretty creates neat. his own clothing. A lot. He does a lot of stuff. Yeah, like I've he heard creates that. his own designs on his cleats. Uh, I mean, you know, most guys are playing cards or or boozing or doing whatever on the plane, and Didi's drawing and hanging out. Okay, that's cool. He's a really, really specially talented guy. Did yeah, very with, talented. With the bra story, you want to go with the bra? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, best bra you've ever seen. Bra? You've been brawl. a brawl. Oh, brawl. Brawl. Ooh. Last year. Last year, Boston. Oh, uh, yeah. We yeah, cleared yeah. benches, and it's like 20 degrees outside. Did, do you clear it, too? No, I was actually inside in the video room, so by the time I'm get downstairs and get out on the field, that fine's going to be really heavy for me, the assistant guy, the low man. So uh, that brawl was crazy, though, to see. Yeah. Oh, especially uh, a New York Yankee. New York. I mean, or a Yankee, Yankee Red Sox. Red Sox. That's the real one. Real one. Um, punches right there. but if you want to go deep dive if you got another second yeah uh, oh, minor man. leagues 2007 yeah trenton thunder playing the new britain rock cats uh-huh the um, twins and it's in new britain connecticut and the new britain rock cats are wearing pink jerseys in honor of breast cancer awareness day <laughs> and it's early in the season it's a sunday it's a day game i got the day off i was i don't know how i ever get the day off but i had the day off because i was the starter for some reason and uh our backup catcher is catching this guy's name is jason brown who played at usc who's yeah. actually the New York Yankees major league bullpen catcher slash catching coach right now. He's catching. Pitcher throws a ball at his head. Um, hits off of his head. He charges the mound immediately. Takes a swing at this guy. Misses. Recoils. Hits him right in the face. Drops the pitcher. I mean, we got a melee going. <laughs> I mean, Real punches. And you know the minor league. Oh, the minor leagues, like, I don't give a fuck, There's man. two umpires trying yeah. to separate. Not four. There's two. Well, we got this idea. That's for the brawl from uh, Travis Snyder. Sure. When he talked about uh, him and uh, Carlos, Carlos Gomez. Gomez. We're like, I'm sure. And everybody's like, and his thing was, the best ones are in the minors. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's why we're asking everybody. It's a free-for-all. Guys are coming from the bullpen and just drop-kicking people. Oh, yeah. People up off the pile, cheap shotting. I mean, everybody thinks that's not – I mean, you've been a part of bench yeah. clearing. Everybody thinks from the outside, like, how cool it is. No. Dude, that shit is no fun whatsoever. Your head's on a swivel. Like, because you don't know where punches are coming from or kicks are coming from. And, and honestly, if you throw – I tell people all the time, if you throw a punch – you better expect to get hit. Sure. So that's the last thing you want to do unless you really want to really be want the guy it. throwing punches in there. Yeah. So I was usually yeah. kind of in there, but not yeah, completely know. in there. You know? <laughs> and, and, in coaching, and coaching in the minor leagues, like the kids being you know, on the other side, they think it's cool. Like, let's fight these motherfuckers. Like, let's hit everybody. <laughs> and it's like, guys, this shit ain't fun. Like, I'm letting you know. Yeah. Like, you go out there. Well, the last fun. thing you want want to have is guys hurt. Sure, yeah. missing games because yeah, you punch somebody, you broke you your hand, or yeah, yeah exactly. you just or you hit the catcher. That's yeah. the last thing you want, you know. So you just, but I think it's inevitable. I mean, that's part of it. I mean, you got twenty five guys just you know overflowing with testosterone on both sides. Yeah. It happens. Yeah, you know, it's part of it, and you got to protect your group. You know. Yeah. Uh, What's the other one? The well, I mean, I mean, we're yeah, kind of coming here to the end, Pete. <laughs> and I wish. Well, he's got to do his job. We we yeah, uh, I mean, you know. we uh. I gotta scout your boy Noe Ramirez a little bit more. Right <laughs> Just listen to the podcast. That's all you do about Noe, man. No, I know, I know, Noe, man. I was a volunteer coach at Fullerton in 2011 when he was still there. So that's right. Yeah, that's right. 
Um, we like to end our segments with uh, what's the best advice you would give your 18-year-old self? Looking back at everything that you've gone through and everything you've experienced to get you to where you're at now, what would you tell your 18-year-old self? Um, wow, that's a really good question, Rick. Yeah, we're good here. Yeah, I know. Damn. I don't know. It's hard to tell myself something different because, like, I don't know. I feel like I'm still in dreamland right now. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's been a long road, but the road, uh, you know, obviously ended at a really good place. So uh, I would just tell myself to be patient. I think I was really impatient as a young kid. Like, I, I knew I could play at Fullerton. I knew I could get drafted. I wanted to play in the big leagues, and I wanted it all right now. Um, and I would just tell myself to enjoy the ride a little bit more, mm-hmm. be patient, um, you know, and, and enjoy every moment of it because yeah. it's fleeting. Like, yeah. and you know, yeah. it's fleeting. Like I'm 38 now, 15th year of pro ball, and it feels like it's, and oh, I yeah. know it can be over like that too. So um, just enjoy every moment is probably what I would tell myself. Yeah, and I think what's, what I admire about you is just how you were so persistent to chasing what you wanted to do. Sure. You know, it might not have been as a player, but you did it as you're doing it as a coach now and you're giving back mm-hmm. everything you've learned, everything you've experienced. And I, and I'm sure, you know, guys, even in the big leagues, it doesn't matter if it's a big name or a, or a no name guy, they, they appreciate that. And they, and they like to hear stories that you've got from past, you know, because baseball's changed so much, mm-hmm. you know, from old school to new school and all that. And I think, yeah, like I said, you're, your persistence, you know, your your drive as always. It's something that anyone should admire, and that's why I wanted to do this this podcast yeah, with Ricky you because was raving about it. We got to get him on. Yeah, and on. and you know because what we try to do here is inspire, you know, and not just it doesn't have to be in sports, but just in life in general. Mm-hmm. And you talk about being patient, and hey, it's gonna come, it's gonna come, but I just got to be patient. Mm-hmm. I got to enjoy the ride, and that's just part of life. You got to enjoy. It you got to ride that wave. Did and, you ever quit? Think about quitting. Yeah, there were times. I remember when I first got drafted um, in 2004, I play, and then I go to my first spring training in 05, and I'm 23 years old. Like, I'm not that young. And they sent me to extended spring training, which is all with 17 and 18-year-old mm-hmm. kids. They told me after the fact that uh, when they sent me to extended, they thought I was going to ask for my release and just quit. But I said, no, I want to keep playing. So and they were remember, trying to get you to leave. Basically. They thought I would just So not, not only in college, but in pro ball, man. Yeah. And and like I said, that's why you admire this guy so much. And so I'm happy for him, and he's freaking just doing it, doing his thing, and in, in the biggest stage of them all, you know, for the biggest crazy, team. Man. So what yeah. happened in spring training? You were just like done. So I'm an extended spring training, no car, no family, no nothing. I'm staying at the team hotel, and it happened to be on the the harbor on the Gulf, mm-hmm. um, and I had a room like this that we're sitting in right now, overlooking the water. And I remember I'd get home from the workouts, and I'd sit out there like looking at the ocean, like what am I doing with my life? <laughs> like I'm making <laughs> like 400 bucks every two weeks. I don't have a car. Um, at the time I didn't speak any Spanish. Yeah. Most of the guys are, you know, speak Spanish only. I'm like, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. I'm playing once a week. Um, but to my credit, I did. I started to grind it out, man. And, and I had to accept that I'm here. It's where I'm at. And I got to get better. I got to do something about and look it. At what you about now? as a coach? As a coach, there's never been a moment. I okay. absolutely love coaching. I love working with my guys. I love being a hitting coach. You know, you know how it is, Rick, with some of the pitching coaches that you've mm-hmm. had. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, guys that you trust or the guys that trust you they'll yeah. tell you anything yeah it's a lot different of a relationship yeah. than with a manager or with um you know maybe a bench coach or a or a trainer or a strength well coach. it's like it's, listening to hark in that episode where yeah. he says get to know your guys before Without you coach doubt. them get to know them on a personal level yep. because if you come in and try and 
lay down the law on these guys and this is what you got to do and this mm. my style is right you'll lose guys quick hmm. without a doubt so i feel like pj obviously has that personality mm. where i'm gonna get to know you yeah. i'm gonna work with you and hey we'll go off in the big league especially you'll go off of i'm not gonna try and change you but i'll suggest stuff sure. and i think hmm. guys are more they so accept be human. that yeah, I mean, I think I think all be a jerk and just be human. At any level of sports, mm-hmm. I think guys just want to know that you care about them and that you're there for them, yeah. especially in the big leagues. Yeah, like I'm here. I'm not. I tell guys this all the time. I'm not going to ambush you. I'm mm-hmm. here though, and if you need me, I got something for you. Yeah, you know. So it's on them, and and it's about asking guys how they feel, what they're thinking. Like like Ricky said, it's about developing relationships. If there's no relationship, there's no trust, and you can have the greatest idea to fix somebody in the world, and he won't even listen to you. He won't mm-hmm. care. So you got to get to know guys. And like even Hark said on the podcast too, mm-hmm. like talk about stuff besides baseball. Yeah. Talk about a movie or a show yeah. you're watching on Netflix or what you did in the city last night mm-hmm. or, you know, how's your family? Yeah. Like, are you married? Do you have kids? Like get to know guys. And when mm-hmm. you get to know guys, the rest is case. Spanish you. you know, for real. My Spanish, like I say, uh, what do I say? Um, to the Latinos sometimes they say, perdón, mi español es muy gringo. Uh, <laughs> no, I got the baseball Spanish, though. Like, oh, yeah. So in the minor leagues, as a hitting guy, you know, they bring in a new pitcher. I got to give the report. Like, hey, 90, 91, uh, poquito, poquito cut, poquito sink. They <laughs> say laugh at. Cortado, cortado. Uh, derecho, derecho, straight. Um, you know, curva, you know, yeah. le gusta curva, uh, cuando strike. Um, so, yeah, my, my baseball Spanish is funny. Nice, uh, but I had a lot of kids that helped me. Yeah, you know, for like, sure. that wanted to learn English. Yeah. That would come to the cage and be like, "Hey, you only talk to me in Spanish. I only talk to you in English, and we oh, help each other out, which yeah. was great." You know, Sweet. so you know the difference between Mexicans, Dominicans, and Venezuelans? Yeah, a lot of different slang. <laughs> a lot of different Dominicans is Labina, 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 Labina. Everything is Labina. You know, Venezuelans chamo, 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 pana, pana, everything. <laughs> Uh, and Mexicans no, going that way. Everybody's got their own different culture, yeah. even though they share the same language. And it's really neat, man. I mean, the thing that's cool is with all the different cultures, the, you know, we all have that one baseball culture in common, and it's uh, it's really neat where the game's at right now. PJ, happy for you. PJ yep. Pelletieri, the pride of Bishop Amat, uh, Cal State Fullerton, now hitting coach with New York Yankees. Do not ask him for tickets because he won't leave you any. <laughs> he just told us that he doesn't have any friends because nobody ever calls him anymore. But after hearing this podcast, he's really going to change his number because everybody's going to call him. appreciate it. Once, once again, man, thanks for doing this. Oh, we really appreciate it. I'm glad, I'm glad to have you. Or when, when yeah. we go to the Bronx. Yeah, come to the Bronx yeah. anytime, guys. Yeah. I mean, Book it down. Up the yeah. side. <laughs> the jungle. Book it down. <laughs> Fly him out to the Hamptons. Yeah, maybe. We'll yeah. get Ricky Rowe, chop one. We'll send him out there. <laughs> no, anytime, Thank boys. You. Anytime. Thank you. Thank you.